Next on News for the Soul, it's time for Breaking Through with Grace Gedeon. Grace is a passionate and dedicated international life coach with a bachelor's in law, a master's in East-West psychology and an expert in addictions. Grace combines these skills in her practice to clinically and intuitively diagnose and break through subconscious issues that prevent you from achieving success and fulfillment. She has a unique capacity to tune in to repress psychological and emotional blocks and to teach effective techniques to transform your life in a deep and long-lasting way. And now to help you make your next breakthrough, here's Grace. Hello. Hi, everyone. It's Grace Gideon, and welcome back to Breaking Through with Grace on the best radio station in the world, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio. Today's a very special day because a little later in the show, I have a fabulous guest, the multi-award-winning home and lifestyle designer, Jane Brown. Jane's a dear friend of mine. She's someone who's been able to combine her own deep personal self-transformation work with her exceptional interior design skills. And what she does with that is bring a very unique gift to her clients. In working with Jane, you have an experience where the process of transforming your external environment is done with such awareness and intuition that your own internal environment, namely your mental and emotional landscape, can also be transformed. Two for the price of one, that's what I say. You'll be hearing from Jane soon about how redesigning your living space can actually uncover deep blockages that you didn't know of and, and sometimes how just removing superficial obstacles uh, from your living space uh, can help you realize what's been preventing you from manifesting your dreams and desired outcomes and ambitions, including even a true love relationship. So stay tuned a little later for Jane Brown. As usual, what we do at the beginning of each show is we recap from the last show. Like a good teacher, we love to do revision. Uh, so the recap from the last show is that about conscious relationships. If you listen to my last podcast or you were on the show last week, you'll realize I talked about what is a conscious relationship. And I've been posting a lot over the last two weeks on Facebook and uh, Twitter on this topic just to get you thinking about whether you're in a conscious or unconscious relationship and get you to self-reflect. I asked listeners on the last show to break down the word relationship into two parts. We call that, well, I call it definitive nomenclature. Uh, so I looked at relation and ship and I described a ship as a vessel designed to take you and another significant person in your life across the vast waters of your subconscious mind, the subconscious where you store a lot of your emotions, feelings, memories, and desires. This relationship is designed to take you and the other person from destination A to a new and different destination, hopefully more evolved. That journey, as we all know, sometimes involves traveling through stormy waters and at other times through magical beauty. The experience you have on that journey is directly related to whether your relationship 
is a conscious relationship or an unconscious one. I explained the difference between the two in the last show and we talked about what's necessary to wake up, get alert and get conscious. In the last show, I also gave you an assignment which is posted on the radio show page of my website, www.gracegedeon.com. And also, I've posted it on Facebook on my official page. If you missed that show, you can listen to that podcast on News for the Souls website or my own. And you can click on the radio page of my website, do the assignment and send it in to me at grace at gracegedeon.com. And I'll give you some comments. We had a caller from the last show, for those of you who might remember, Tom from L.A., Tom was in a relationship and he just wanted to know, you know, how conscious that relationship was and explore what was going on. He was asking about where he might be operating in avoidance and where he might just be having healthy boundaries about who he is as a person in the relationship. He said his partner gets upset when he doesn't share his opinion with her on certain issues that she shares with him. So She'll share and he'll just stay quiet sometimes. So I asked Tom to consider whether he has a general tendency to withhold his opinion on, on, on emotional matters and, and to look at how his partner behaves. He said his partner quite confidently gives him an opinion on, on any issues he, she, he discusses with her, but he tends to withhold on opinion when she asks for his opinion. So to me, I, uh, I, I asked Tom to consider whether he can actually calmly and confidently say to her next time she asks him something, well, I actually do have an opinion on what you just shared. Would you like to hear it? He, Tom needed to look at whether he has a tendency to resist giving emotional feedback and a tendency to wait for permission. And if that was so, then he needed to look at how he could make an offering and get over these resistances within himself. Because it's key in relationships that we participate, participate in fostering each other's personal growth. Mind you, an offering of feedback is very different to giving unsolicited advice, taking control, playing power games, or caretaking a person. It's very important that you wait for that person's advice, no matter how much more you think you know than them, but it's important to give it and not withhold and wait for permission sometimes. So this is where you just have to tune in, listen well, have a voice, ask for permission. When you do these behaviours and when you apply yourself in this way, not being too avoidant, or too dominating, your relationship becomes more conscious and you become more empowered, thereby enabling you to direct the direction of that relationship. Okay, so let's jump to today's exciting topic. Have you been looking at Facebook? We've been putting up a lot of ads like, is your bedroom keeping you single? It's a cool title, I think. And 
the other one was, does clutter affect your internal world or just your physical surroundings? Clutter, it's such a, it's such a good word, isn't it? Another kind of definitive nomenclature, clutter. You can kind of, you can kind of feel clutter, can't you? I, I kind of just, I kind of feel like there's something under my feet just using the word clutter right now. I just kind of want to kick it away. But the broad topic that this comes under is how our outer world influences our inner world. So how the physical, external, outer world experiences your internal, mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual world. Think about that. Are you thinking? Okay. Think about it because later on I'm going to ask you to call in to one six four six five nine five four two seven four and chat about your thoughts and how this impacts you. Or if you're a little bit phone shy, you can email to on the air at tellus.net, T-E-L-U-S dot net. And Jane or I, but more likely Jane, will answer the question for you. Because this is not my expertise. That's why I have brought for you a world-famous, multi-award-winning expert. So let's give you some general comments on this topic before we welcome the lovely Jane Brown. I think it's clear to most of us that the macrocosm reflects the microcosm and vice versa. The global impacts the local and the outer impacts the inner realms of our existence. We are interdependent, interconnected organisms. And if we disregard any aspect of our environment, this can and does have profound effects on our lives, our well-being, and the lives and well-being of those around us. So as we engage in the broader social and political conversations about the environment, we need also to turn the dial up on our personal physical environment, our living space, our homes, our offices, our bedrooms, our kitchens, our garages, every little corner of our life has relevance to its impact on us as holistic beings. We can't really pretend that these are too minor or personal to impact us or others. We can't constantly be turning blind eyes to things saying it doesn't matter because every time you say it doesn't matter and that it is a reflection of you, you're saying I don't matter on some level. In fact, studies have shown that our moods, our stress levels, our image, and our ability to manifest in our lives are all impacted by the spaces we inhabit. Just imagine if I asked you to visualize walking along the beach as a way of helping you relax and ignite your creative juices. So just imagine I'm asking you to walk along the beach. Now imagine if I asked you to make that beach in your mind's eye covered 
with litter and junk. Just imagine that. How do you think that's going to affect your mood? As you visualize that, are you finding that relaxing and inspiring? How many guided meditation CDs would you pay for and listen to that ask you to envision walking along a polluted beach? Your outer world matters to your inner world, your home, your personal living spaces, your clutter, your material possessions, whether the kids' toys are strewn all over the home on a permanent basis, whether there's been piles and piles and piles of newspapers and magazines waiting for you for one day to give them attention. These are all reflections of you on some level, reflections of self-care, self-love, self-fulfillment, reflections of your need for support, a cry to the world, a cry to your family, a statement. A statement that your external environment maybe makes that your internal environment doesn't. All these things impact the outcomes you have in your life. You might think I'm just hypothesizing, but I'll share a few things with you to to back up this and maybe get you a little bit more willing to explore this area for yourself and not ignore it, minimize it, avoid it, or get to it one day. Scientific studies have been conducted, including a study about five years ago by Princeton University's Neuroscience Institute. Princeton decided it was important enough to conduct a study on the impacts of physical clutter on the brain. Their findings were that a chaotic or disorganized environment makes you more irritable, less focused, more distracted, and more stressed than a clutter-free environment. That's a Princeton University study. There have been other scientific studies as well. Secondly, most of us have heard of Feng Shui. Feng Shui is an ancient Chinese art and science based on a very interesting principle that man's destiny is linked to his environment. That your destiny is linked to your environment. That's pretty pretty big. They in fact link specific areas of your home to specific areas of your life. I, I remember actually money being linked to the bathroom because I think they say put the toilet cover down Otherwise, you're flushing money down the toilet. So one of the basic tenets of Feng Shui is that harmony in your living space is key to living a harmonious life. And I think harmony is something that deep down most of us on this uh, personal growth path are, are looking and longing for finding harmony. So in any way that we assist ourselves to do that, 
we get to move further along the path to peace, harmony and balance in our lives. And uh, in my practice as a life coach too, um, I want to tell you that I can often tell a lot about a person's mental state once they describe their home or even their office environment to me. I can, if I ask enough questions, it helps me to understand whether this person is overly controlling and rigid or whether they're lost and chaotic. Their environment can tell me about some of their family of origin issues. Are they living in an adult state but yet living as a wounded child? Are they living as a lost child or even are they living in la-la land as a magical child where something magic is going to happen and they're, and they're waiting for it to happen and what's around them doesn't really matter because they're still waiting for the magic. Is this person living as an adolescent, a critical parent, a Peter Pan, are avoidance of intimacy issues at play? Is there fear of loss, fear of letting go? Is there an old trauma that they haven't healed so they create possessions around them because they're unable to let go of that unhealed trauma and it gives them some sort of concept of security? I have to tell you that in quite a few instances, I have found it easier to get people off hard drugs than to get them to declutter or stop living in messy spaces or to even finish furnishing their home because of their fear of completion or perfectionism. I remember this one person. She had um, a serious smoking addiction and an eating, um, you know, and overeating and we workshopped her smoking because she wanted to get pregnant and she stopped smoking and she stopped overeating. But when her husband would come into sessions with her, he would talk about how the house was always, always full of clutter um, and how, you know, she set up the bedroom to kind of keep him kicked out of the room. And um, I was able to get her to change just about everything in her life except the physical space. It was it was a real eye-opener for me because I thought that was just a, you know, let's just hire a cleaner, go in there, sort it out, and then just keep it up. But there was so much psychological relevance to the way that she was living, even more so than her overeating and her smoking. So that was that was quite profound. So to sum that up, basically, I want you to really get that the external environment is often a subconscious statement to the world about where you're at mentally and emotionally. If you change the internals, you can then be motivated to change the externals. But conversely, if you change the externals, you can be motivated to change your internal landscape as well. From the outside in or from the inside out. Your transformation is possible in either direction and your blocks can be removed by your willingness to apply yourself to this area and to take action. So I hope that's got you thinking about the context within which uh, Jane's going to be speaking us today. The, the, the personal transformation journey through changing your external world to change your internal 
and vice versa and the importance the importance that the that you as a holistic being have to place on your on the physical extension of you okay everyone time now for Jane Brown to join us and we'll be opening up the phone lines a little later on for you to ask Jane a question but for now Help me to welcome Jane. Hello, Jane. Hello, Grace. So great to have you here. Hello. Hello, listeners. And uh, Jane, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into this career, Jane. Oh, um, thanks, Grace. I um, I started this career quite recently. Uh, Mum and Dad had bought and sold property and they had an antique store um, where they um, bought antiques and furniture from around the world. And they used to come in and um, buy little rundown properties and renovate them from the bottom up and then furnish them and sell them to newlyweds. So I had exposure from a really young age. And I've come from a, a family of great furniture movers and... Um, you know, just natural designers, really. And from a young age, um, uh, probably from about the age of eight, I was always pestering my girlfriends if I could change their bedrooms around and surprise them. So, you know, I'd do a come over for a play date or a sleepover, and then I'd say to them, look, can you go out? And um, when you come back, I have a surprise for you. And it was quite an extraordinary thing because uh, it was just this drive. It was sort of like, I guess, maybe some kids like playing tennis or they have a hobby. My hobby from way back then was to transform their space and make it like a a whole holiday for them when they came back in. And even moving really heavy things like beds and wardrobes, I even can can conduct, you know, concoct the system, maybe with sisters, but would put little trays underneath their serving trays in the days of having big parties at home and I would push the furniture around with these metal trays or magazines. So even though I was little, I would move massive amounts of furniture to completely change the landscape of the room and how it looked and felt when they came in because I just had it in my mind's eye that it could be more beautiful, functional and practical but also more magical for them. And what would they... What, what did you want to give your friends by doing this? Uh, I wanted to give them the feeling that, that they've had this new experience of, of, of loving their space. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that... I, I think it, probably even way back then, that's really what I, I could have articulated that to you. If you'd said to me as that eight-year-old, what is it that you're wanting to give to, say, Carol or Julie or Claire or whosoever bedroom it was I changed around? It was that um, I want them to feel special. And I want them to feel really happy. And I want them to feel that it's beautiful. Because mm. I could always see the potential. And I think, you know, that's one thing. And I, I actually overheard my dad say this. about And uh, it was a conversation with mum. And I wasn't really supposed to hear it. But I walked past the door. And I heard dad say, you know, just give Min, which is my nickname, my childhood nickname, uh, a little bit of time. She'll make anything beautiful. Yeah. She can see the potential in anything. And it was like, oh, my God, my dad, who is just one of the most amazing creatives I've ever met, um, said that to mum. It was like, so I've never doubted, doubted for a second my skill and, and ability. And beauty is, is, is my, a form of abundance. Absolutely. It? And it, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, a lot of old um, teachers, like what you spoke about before, Grace, was, you know, even Catherine Ponder, you know, who's such a beautiful spiritual teacher, she talks about the importance of having a beautiful space, how it's uplifting, how it promotes um, effervescence and abundance and just that wellness of being. Um, and it, like the arts, 
you know, yeah. as Churchill says, what are we without the arts? And it's, it's that. It, this is your living art in your space. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. Jane. And, and also you don't need a lot of money because abundance isn't just about money, is it? No. It's about, it's about beauty and richness and connection and, and being able to uh, create something makes you feel abundant, doesn't it? It's absolutely that, Grace. And I think, you know, from my experience of having travelled around the world, um, firstly as an international flight and then just as, you know, as someone that's curious about the world and cultures, I've actually seen, like, the most incredibly humble homes be so rich and nourishing, you know, whether that's a little hut in Africa uh, with mud, mud-packed floors or, you know, whether it's something extravagant like, you know, a castle in Vienna. So it, it doesn't have to be expensive. It's what resonates with your soul and your heart and what your perception of beauty is and sometimes people don't know what that is and that's why I help because uh, people go into overwhelm of oh I don't know how to make beautiful and of course why would they and sometimes when they don't know they just leave it yes they stay stuck and and they stay in the unfinished business Mm. of living their life unfinished business internally is sometimes reflected externally. Oh, my God, absolutely, Grace. I can't begin to tell you the number of people's homes where I would come in and it's like doing a psychological profiling mm. straight away. Wow. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. And there were times in my early career I thought I could be a detective. Serious, <laughs> <laughs> because I can see um, so much of, of, of where they were stuck, mm-hmm. what was going wrong, what mm-hmm. was holding them back. Um, where there were perhaps, you know, some habits that they needed to change. And do you ever engage in like a little emotional process while you're... Well, I I do. I do a lot. Not all my clients are that, but I I do do that specialised, which is why I call myself a home and lifestyle designer because it's not just all about making it beautiful. For a lot of my clients, that's all they want me for. Uh, But for other clients, it's a real holistic process and... um, I feel really guided to do that. I've also studied and read extensively. I studied behavioural science. So that it is all backed up with um, lots of technique and, um, you know, emotional intelligence. Have you had anyone emotionally break down when you've changed it? I've had lots of people break down. Lots of people, especially when I've done, like, a monstrous decluttering. Um, And that has... um, um, so, yeah, I've had an incredible um, number of people who've completely and utterly broken down and, um, you know, there's been tears and then there's trauma because what happens is people think, oh, my God, I so want to change this. But what happens is that, you know, at the beginning, like anything, there's all that newness and excitement around the possibility. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, there's, oh, my God, the work involved right and even though like I'm helping them through this process and guiding them that's when they predominantly have the meltdown because mm-hmm. it's like oh this is too hard it's like someone studying a degree or doing you know uh, a project it's like oh my god um I don't know that I can carry on with this it's all too much and wow. that's exactly what happens with me as well they go into this meltdown of oh I can't do this but when we're in and because I'm guiding them there's no way out Grace I'm going to go the whole way and finish it Um, because the end result is extraordinary. I guess maybe like giving birth, you know, when you're in it, you go, oh, my God. What if they want a bailout? What do you do there? Oh, well, I coach them through, you know. And, And I also share with them, like, the realities of, like, what they can expect 
at the other end. Mm. Yeah, because mm. they, they do want to bail. Mm. And a lot of people, like, their issues come up, like they're controlling or they're into real apathy or they're into, like, I don't have enough money or, you know, it's, yeah, it's quite extraordinary. I think when you did your TV pilot when you were living in New York, I think one of the things in, the, in that show was how you could transform a space for, like, $100 or something. I did, Is that I did, right? yes. And that was, that was the show was it... Um, all about me coming in, mm. getting to know who you are. And that's part of the process for me. And that's what sets me apart from you're just run of the mill. I'm not an interior designer per se. I'm a home and lifestyle designer mm. because I want to design your life. So it's quite an extensive process where I get to meet you and whoever lives in the house, whether that's you and your kids, you and your hubby, you and your girlfriend, you know, the dogs, the cats, birds, whatever. It's a holistic process. And then I see where I can make that home work for you beautifully and with ease and grace mm -hmm. and also... Um, Within the budget. Yes. From no budget to monstrous budget. And the reason, I, the reason I ask you that is because I can imagine sometimes people sitting there going, well, that sounds really good. I'll do it when I can afford it. Yes. You know, so it's not, it's not about, you know, this isn't about getting you to do a service. This is about getting people to think what are the excuses they have to not transform their life? Is the excuse... I mean, I've got one client who I've said, darling, you really, really, really need a cleaner. And she says, I've got to clean before I get a cleaner. Yes. Or you need someone to come in and help you unpack all of those boxes. Yes. I, I can't because of the fact that I don't know what's in the boxes. So people have constructed a whole series of obstacles and, and, in on, their mind. But on some level, Grace, they're true obstacles, Yes. right? And that's what I think, you know, you and I spoke about last week was the, the levels of clutter yes. that are around because it seems an easy thing to do. It's like going to the gym seems an easy thing to do. Yeah. You just sign up and you go. Yeah. No, because we have all these blockages from our past, like you say, um, that prevent us from actually stepping into that. Like it was that easy. We'd all be at gyms and we'd all be, you know, really healthy exactly. and fit, right? So the saying it is the easy part. It's the actual breaking it down. And that's what I help my, you know, my, my, my clients, my friends, whoever, work through like baby steps through um because it is a huge process yeah you know it's very personal how we live in our home how we dress how we present to the world and people have this belief that they should just be able to make something beautiful yeah. especially now with um all the tv shows that are on and youtube and pinterest and house apps and you know million and one things but it's a skill. Yes. It's a skill. And people berate themselves mercilessly yeah. uh, because they're not good at, you know, creating a nice space or an organized space or um, a space that they want to have friends over for dinner or kids' parties. So it's a much more complex uh, idea and concept than we think. And people have to be very um, compassionate with themselves oh. on this journey because just like, uh, you know, as you said, somebody might just say, Oh, if you've got to lose weight, just eat less. But but for people with eating disorders, that could take you 40 years before you actually work out how to do that. Absolutely, great. You know? and, and, and or if you're a drinker, just, you know, have two 
or have water between each drink, but for alcoholics, that's that's actually not possible. Exactly. So there's there's many many aspects in which people have to consider why they're at with their lives. But it is important that people do think about their physical environment as an extension of oh, self. Oh, Grace, I can't begin to tell you how important it is and how overlooked it is. Yes. You know and. You know, my brand, The Queen of Bedrooms, um, came about because I'm really passionate about the bedroom and that we begin and end life pretty much in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. right? Most of us are conceived in a bed of some description. Um, A lot of us probably will die in a bed, hopefully, Um, and there's more gravitation to people dying at home now, so, you know, even more so. I've done quite a few people who have cancer and I go, and their bedroom's particularly beautiful for those last, series of you know their experience on life uh, on earth and um yeah so we spend a third of our life asleep in our bedrooms wow that's a lot of time and it's often the most overlooked room grace because yeah it is it's extraordinary because Often the ancillary rooms will look phenomenal, mm-hmm. like the lounge, the kitchen, the dining, the kids' playroom, the outside area. Uh-huh. But the bedroom, yeah, looks because it's that private space. Isn't that interesting? Yes, That's such a reflection it, of the outer. It's fascinating. Isn't it like my persona, I'll show you. Yes, but my shadow, I won't. Absolutely. But as we're talking about bedrooms, uh huh. One of the fun topics we posted on Facebook yeah. is your bedroom keeping you too. <laughs> and I think we had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of engagements and likes on that topic. Yeah. So um, how about you tell us a little bit about how our bedrooms might be keeping us single and uh, and maybe some success stories oh of my somebody who's found love. I'd love to. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I think it was interesting, Grace, when you were talking about, you know, the different personalities that we have, you know, whether it's the wounded child, the adapted adult child, the adolescent. Um, And I'd love to pick up on that because my ears just pricked up when you were talking about the adolescent. And a lot of single people that I meet, Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes even divorcees or divorcee, um, live like adolescents. Wow. They revert right back. Uh, especially if they're divorced and they're sort of financially struggling, to living like a student in a student digs, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but what fascinates me is that they're not even conscious of it, right? Right? They actually haven't evolutionarily evolved to the to the adult, mature woman or man that they need to be in the world, right? So. Um, yeah, I see a lot of that. And maybe the grief triggers them back into that space. Yes, definitely for people who have divorced or had a great loss or lost a job or, maybe, or finances. Or maybe like in divorce, I'm just asking, um, they were relying on their partner to do the nurturing for them. Yes. Or maybe they were doing the nurturing for someone else and when, when that person went, they went, what's the point? Was that You've hit exactly on it. What's the point? Yeah. People think, I just sleep there. Yeah. But as I've just said to you and the listeners, we spend a third of our life in the bedroom. But how can a bedroom keep you single? Like, Oh, my God, great. Is that like single beds? Or no, what is well, yeah, well, I actually have found you know, a, a guy, he came to me and said, I'm looking for you know, a relationship. Can you help me make this bachelor pad into like a really swanky, successful... Like He was earning a lot of money, but he just yeah. lived like a student. And he did actually have a single I digress. I'll speak more about probably what your listeners would be interested in. And that is is that um, there's not, firstly, if you're wanting a relationship, mm-hmm. you need to make space 
in your life for a relationship, right? So often I'll go into a bedroom and I'll go, okay, well, where would you put that person if they came into your life? Like there's no room in a drawer. There's no, there's no space for them. So what we need to do is at least symbolically and physically create some space right? Because I love what Deepak Chopra talks about. And uh, when I went to see Deepak in years and years and years ago, um, he talked about the principle of quantum physics in that there has to be a vacuum oh, for yeah. something to be filled. Mm. So case in point, if, you, yes, if you've got a bedroom, it's full of clutter with all your stuff, you know, a thousand shoes, a thousand lipsticks, a thousand nail polishes, whatever, you know, guitars, you know, tambourines, whatever it is that you have in your bedroom that you shove in there. If there's no space for someone new to come in, then energetically you're not attracting that. But also the layout of your room, even if it's not cluttered, oh, if it's God, designed for a single person. Yes. So again, it's like it's not welcoming. It's too sterile, right? Yes. Like, and and the number one, another tip, right? <laughs> this is the worst. Well, you're going to give us your. Tips, I will. Right? I will give you some tips, but you know, just the fact that. You need to get into the mindset. If you want to attract a partner, into the mindset of how would this look if a partner walked in this door? Oh, it's got to be very inviting. It does. And and as you said, Greg... But it doesn't have to be like that honeymoon suite from the Adam Sandler blended movie, does it? I, I didn't think that was <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh, okay. You've got to see it. Okay. So, yeah. So, so what it is, it's like... What I love about doing my work is that it, it's all your personality, right? A lot of designers are like, oh, my God, that's designed by such and such. But, and, like, it's not. So when, when I do your home, it's like, that's Grace in the world. That's her bedroom, yeah. you know, or Grace and John or, you know, Maddie and, and, and Dirk or whoever it is, you know. Do you ever or, ask people to envision who they want in the room and how that person would feel in the room? Yes, not necessarily the person per se, but the energy. I do a whole process around how do you how do you want to feel when you walk in that room and you're there with your heart's love or your beloved or just even a fun person. It doesn't even have to be long term because some of the single people I do, they're just wanting to have some exploration and some fun. So it, it, it really is very so, dependent on the person. So the room has to reflect has to be the kind of space that serves a loving couple. Yes, yes. But should you have pictures? Maybe you can give us your five do's and don'ts. Shall I give those now? Yes. Okay, perfect. So, okay, number one, and this is something that a lot of people overlook, is those really soft toys that we have to nurture and love ourselves and that maybe we've been given by a past boyfriend or our mum or our snuggle rug that we've had since two or three. <laughs> Whilst I think they're really important and they're lovely to keep, they are not for exhibition on the bed. Um, and a lot of people do. They have soft toys. Yeah, it's a little straight teddy. away, it's like I'm walking, it's like, oh, my God, am I dating okay. a five-year-old? Or okay, a, so no teddy. No teddy. Okay. Okay. Secondly, make sure that there's two bedside tables, one for you, one for your partner. Uh-huh. A lot of people will have a bed. Even if you don't have a partner. No, because we're attracting the partner. Because we're pulling it in. Yes, and we want our partner two to be bedside able to, tables. you know, turn on the lights and go to the loo in the middle of the night. So the two bedside tables, also two lamps. Yes, so that's the third tip. Very important. Now, both of those, they need to be of generally equal size and stature. <laughs> this is really interesting because I've done a lot of research on this, is that if there's one table and lamp that's bigger than the other, that unconsciously forms a hierarchy in the relationship. Oh. Well, so wouldn't this you is why want you to want kind to... of make yours just a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I always like bump mine up a little bit with yeah. the course, so yeah. just so, yeah, no. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so labs, bedside tables, um, the what was the no teddies, no no teddies, definitely no teddies. Two bedside two tables, two, two bedside lamps. Ah, this is this is the best, right? No TV. No TV. No TV. Now, a lot of people will have a TV, but I often say to my clients, particularly the male genre who are in relationship with my clients, um, are you looking to have a more fulfilling, sensual, romantic life with your partner? Mm-hmm. Or are you looking to just watch more TV? Depends what you're watching. Yeah, well, no, but generally, Grace, there's enough now with iPads and whatever. Like, yeah. this, is, this is a big it's thing. It's We need to take it out. Take technology out technology of the bedroom. Technology out of the bedroom. That's my, okay. that's my number four. four tip. And number five tip would be... What about, what do you think of the love corner idea? That's from Feng Shui. That's yeah, the right I think... hand side of your bedroom as you walk in yes. um, well, when the you door. Look, when you look, yeah, yeah, on the right. It should have a little love corner to I it. Think, yeah. Where I think, you have a picture of a couple and all love I think objects. That that's, I've got one of those. Yeah. And I love looking at it yeah. like bought this love thing love and it's it. just there and it's got my I just I just love my love corner. And I think that that's the most important thing is like how you feel about that but I think on that tip Grace what I can say categorically that stops a lot of things as far as those sort of unconscious energetic things is don't have oh my god do not have any photos of family or relatives in your bedroom. Nowhere in the bedroom? No, none because unconsciously if we get into an intimate relationship we're thinking those people are watching us Oh my God! Sorry, Mum. Right, Dad. this is an unconscious thing. So sorry, Mum. Yeah, you'll have to go onto a family wall. You'll have to wall. go onto the family wall. Yeah, so that's a big one that people don't even think. Oh. They have pictures of Grandma and Granddad and oh. kids. It's like it just impacts. All so it kind of keeps impact. you and the child, hey? It does. Mum and Dad are watching me. Yes. But I'm attracting love over and back. Yes. But, you know, I want to be this sexual and and you know sexual yeah. goddess or you know well, god like that. Yeah. Well, How many no. people are you sleeping yeah. with? Uh, you, need, you need to move on. And okay. people who, if she hasn't answered your questions on, is your bedroom keeping you single? I guess um, cushions. Oh my God, two cushions. cushions, not just one in the middle. Uh, on the bed? Yeah. Uh, it depends, Grace. There's okay. no standard form for that, but um, definitely more than yeah. less, but not a thousand scatter cushions. No, no. What I want, always, because it is that holistic thing, I want you to be able to read in bed, mm. lay up in bed, have a cup of tea in the morning mm-hmm. or coffee. Yeah. I want you to be able to be comfortable and mm. intimate, but okay. not be uh, that it becomes a chore. No. Like there's so many American so movies, which I love, where there's a thousand throw cushions. Yeah. Walk into the room and ask like yourself, how does Jenna feel relaxing and uh, um, sensual? Okay, yes. so yes. I'd love to open the line to okay. now, but I can't because I need to get the declutter chips out. Oh, okay, okay perfect. So I love that you've got four categories of clutter. Yes. And you know that word, can you feel clutter? Oh, my God. It doesn't it, feel... It's clutter, doesn't the word, isn't that definitive nomenclature? It is, it is, because it, there's actually been major studies done, like, um, I think they're called amplifamorous words, mm-hmm. which are which are like really big words that hold texture and weight, oh right? Oh, they And that, that's also like with um, tasters, mm. like who are some professional yeah, tasters yeah. like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, they're words they use because they want the, 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 the essence of the drink mm. to have that resounding, mm. like, um, foundation like on, on their palate, right? Clutter. Yes, so yeah. clutter is one of those words, like you say. Okay, so 
Clutter makes, just talking about clutter makes me feel cluttered. Okay. So um, I, I did a big kind of philosophical spiel about how important it is okay. to declutter. And I just want to say, look, I've had parents come into sessions and say, oh, my kid's bedroom's a mess, but it's their personal space. Right? Yes. So I can't do anything about it. And, I'm, and, and I kind of totally respect that, you know, the adolescent has to have their personal space. But I really, really, really want to encourage people to say, how did the adolescent learn that that's what their personal space should be like? Yes. Yeah, now we're not talking about let's make it pristine Vogue living. Oh, no. But why does it have to have you know, Doritos and, 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 you know, stuffed junk all over the place and clothes all over the floor and clutter, 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 boxes and things. So talk to us about your four forms of clutter. Okay. And people, make notes about this because I just love, yeah. love this. Thanks, Grace. Me too because I think it's really overlooked as well. So the four areas of clutter are uh, there's hoarding, there's common clutter, there's complex clutter and there's subtle clutter. So I'll just give those to you again. There's hoarding, common clutter, subtle clutter and a complex clutter. So I can give you a little bit of a description, Grace, if you'd like me for your listeners. Yeah, I'd like that. you to distinguish that. Sure. And then okay. give us five decluttering tips and then we can go to some calls. Well, we'll go to one call. Okay. If you can do that in a couple of minutes. For sure, for sure. Right. Okay, so the, the one, uh, an obvious clutter that most people have heard of and seen on TV is the, the hoarder. Um, now, the hoarder, the distinction with the hoarder is that it becomes uh, like a disease. Uh, it, comes, it becomes uh, um, a maladjustment uh, to the environment. So, and that's only a very small percentage. That's like an OCD thing. Yes, very OCD, and it's, it's, it, it exacerbates and it becomes, um, you know, a, a problem. A condition. A condition. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, complex clutter. I love complex clutter. Complex clutter is the clutter that a lot of people have in their homes that they're not really that aware of. Consciously, consciously, if that makes it's sense. Like subconscious. Yeah, it's subconscious, it's but it's consciously, right? So con- um, complex clutter is clutter that's like you've got all those boxes of paperwork that you haven't gone through. You've got the boxes of um, photos from when you moved three houses ago. You've got a garage um, in your house that you can't even drive a car or a push bike into because you've got stuff out there. So that's complex clutter. It's giving people um, pain. And, 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 and anxiety. And a false sense of security. It sometimes. is. Yeah, that too. So it's all, it is all very complex. It masks things. Yeah, and it's also people think that they're wealthy by having ah. accumulation. Oh, yeah. Accumulation, right? So there's accumulation rather of, than abundance. Yes, of I've got a lot. So it's a very complex um, scenario because it's not just... But not oh, there's quite a, a disorder. No, not a disorder, but it's what causes immense anxiety. And that's where my focus is, mm-hmm. is that the anxiety that people are living with in their homes, I want to help them get out of that. And the spare room that you can't open. The spare the room or, or the cupboards that are jam-packed with stuff that we don't know. Or, you know, it's, it's just that... It's so stimulation. It's subconscious and um, repressed. Oh, it is. Repressed. Very, very. So that's 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 complex. And then we have what's called common clutter. Now, common clutter is everyday clutter, right? Where um, we're just living a life, we create clutter. 
right? So it could be the kids' toys, the kids' bags, the gym gear, the sports gear. So this is more sort of like a surface clutter that happens just with living. And yeah. I think we have to have an acceptance around oh, yeah. that, right? Can't that, judge yourself for that. No, and I think a lot of people do. They put pressure on themselves to do <laughs> So what I like to do with that with my clients is I create drop zones. Mm-hmm. And so that there's an area for where all those specifics go. So you create systems for them. You exactly. clean it, you go in the kitchen, yes. kids play, then after a certain time you put it away. Exactly. So you're, you don't go into perfectionism where your home has to be home beautiful mm-hmm. and the kids are playing and you're chasing after them. No. You allow it yes. and then you clear it. Exactly. And everything has a place. Yeah, so don't judge yourself as a complex mm -hmm. clutterer if you're just a normal Exactly, just a common clutterer. And what about subtle clutterer? Oh, this is a phenomenon, and it it has only happened probably in the last 20 years with technology. So subtle subtle clutter um, came about when I had two friends who had both um, experienced uh, brain cancer, Mm -hmm. and they had been told by the physicians Mm -hmm. that they were no not to have any mobile phones near their brain. So um, so subtle clutter are things like mobile phones in the bedroom, yep. uh, computers in the bedroom, um, even radios in the bedroom. So technology is subtle clutter because even though we don't think about it, it's there in our unconscious that we're never turned off. We're never turned off. We're never turned off. And my right. thing is we need to turn ourselves off. And that's why the bedroom becomes a sanctuary yeah. for just like really... And being... other living spaces too. Oh, all of them, but particularly the bedroom. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, could you give us your five general tips for decluttering? Okay. So decluttering, I uh, I would say uh, uh, clean bench tops. Clean bench tops. Clean bench tops. Um, nothing on windowsills. Nothing on windowsills? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, one, two, three. Uh, decluttering. Uh, okay. Less products. Less products in the bathroom and, and the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And have designated drawers for your underwear, socks, and knickers. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the fifth What one, about clothes? What about clothes? The pay it forward, give it away, and allow energy. Absolutely, yeah. Like they're 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 brilliant. Yeah, totally. Like, and the other thing I would suggest is if you don't have a lot of space, put your winter clothes in in the wardrobe for winter and then summer, and put them into sucker bags for alternate season mm-hmm. and suck them down. But yeah, give away. Um, you I know, think giving clothes. away is the key. It is. Well, it is the because key, but it's let it go. Right? Well. It is and it isn't And great. organizing. It's all it's organizing. Yeah. And it's also because I think definitely remove clothes that you used to fit into when yeah. you were a size twelve and you're size sixteen now. Yeah. Get rid of that. But you're what if someone gonna... have a binge? Well <laughs> Oh no, no, the other way. The other way. <laughs> we're getting rid of the skinny clothes. Because oh, when you're skinny again skinny when you're skinny again, you'll new feel fashion. so great. There'll be new fashion and you treat yourself by buying some new wardrobes. Oh, Jamie. Does anyone want to ask Jane a question before I give you my assignment? Call in on one six four six five nine five four two seven four for a quick question. Chris, we're actually four minutes to the top of the hour, and we do have another show behind you. So um, I don't think. Do we have time, time for one, this... one two minute question? Um, Just in case. Okay. Or... Uh, well, well, I've got a question here from Abigail in New Zealand, and she's okay. asking about. She said that she has, let me just pull it up here. Okay, so she has decluttered and it always comes back. What is going on? 
Okay, can you give her a one-minute answer? Yes. Hi, Abigail. Thanks for um, listening in. Great to have you on the line. Um, yes, so what's happening is, is that uh, you don't have a system in place. So you're cleaning it out, but you've not put any support mechanisms in place so that you have something for where everything goes. Um, and also another tip, Abigail, if you bring something in, you must get rid of something and something must go. If that's what you're wanting to have, less. So when you buy something new, something you've got in your wardrobe must go. No accumulation. No accumulation. And you can email uh, grace at gracegideon.com, Abigail, and I'll forward that question to Jane and she can go into it in a bit more detail for you. Sure. And, um, yeah, so shall I just, so if, my, if the listeners have got any questions, yep. at my website or your yep, website? Yeah, we're going to do that in okay. one second. So, sorry, guys, we just Ran out of did a lot of talking. Okay, I'm going to give you guys my journaling assignment, then we're going to give you Jane's details. Thank you so much, Thank Jane. Thank you, Grace. The journaling assignment for this week is, and it will be posted on my website, is number one, go through each room of your home and ask, do I like, dislike, or love this room and why? In fact, ask the question about the house or apartment you live in, not just each room. Question two, go through the possessions in each room and ask, do I like, dislike, or love this possession and why? Then ask, do I need to hold on to it or is it time to let it go? And why? Remember, the internal and the external. If you happen to live with family members, don't do this for them, please. Let them do this ex exercise on their own, otherwise that's a bit codependent. <laughs> and finally, the final question is try, number three, try and create an environment that feels abundant, harmonious, has good energy flow and filled with love. If you encounter pain, avoidance or resistance, please journal your feelings and find out what lies underneath. You don't need to spend money to feel abundant. Okay. So, Jane. Yes. You've, you've got a, co a workshop in Bali coming yes. up. Yes. And can you give us um, your website and your giveaways for people on the show, please? I'd love to. So you can find me at Facebook and Instagram, Jane Brown Interiors, or thequeenofbedrooms.com. And I've got a giveaway for the bedrooms because we've been focusing on that and I'm passionate about it. So all you need to do is send in a picture uh, onto my webpage, uh, of uh, why you think your room needs to be made over by me uh, and subscribe to the thequeenofbedrooms.com and then the lucky winner will win a virtual online um, consultation of how to make their room beautiful. And could we do one like maybe if Abigail does the same thing? Or yes. somebody like Abigail. Yes, somebody like Abigail. Talk too much. <laughs> well, we do chat, but yes. So, um, yes. So, so you could do a declutter consultation. Absolutely, too. absolutely, Abigail. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fine. And, or anyone else who didn't get to call. Yeah. Please go on to thequeenofbedrooms.com uh, and there's subscribe, subscribe, and a picture, and a picture, and why, and why you need my help. Exactly, and Jane will do a few giveaways and virtual sessions. Yes, and it's fun. Please always feel free to email grace at gracegideon.com and we'll help you any way you can. We hope you found this show helpful. Yeah, and please like me on Facebook yeah. because uh, I can send you some tips then of you know little bits and bobs that I find Just along the way. Please like me. Oh, please like me. <laughs> Yeah. We love you, Jane. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Nicole. I hope we've finished on time for you and we'll look forward 
to being back in two weeks' time on Monday the 8th of May at 3 p.m. Pacific Daylight Savings Time. And just remember, guys, when you understand the workings of your psyche, what drives you to think, feel, and act the way you do, your breakthrough is imminent and your life can be amazing. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, send us the info. We'll get it posted on your page, Grace. And I seriously think about doing an extra show on this. It's not that you talk too much, but it's a vast topic and it's important and it's uh, very connected to energy, so it's widely needed. So thank you for today and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Nicole. Always love having you with us. Bye. Bye, love. Bye for now. Gideon, all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. Christine Scott is next momentarily. Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here with you tonight. Why are you here? We're talking to Carolyn Mace about Sacred Contracts, one of her many best-selling books. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Well, good evening, Nicole. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to hear your voice and a pleasure to be here tonight. Welcome to the show, Stuart Wild. Thank you very much. John Kehoe, welcome to News for the Soul. Hey, how are you? Next up, Dr. David Morehouse. I'm so glad that you called me because you are doing such an important task, important work, because you are spreading a very positive message. I was really moved by last week's show because we made a commitment to a worldwide event to try to change consciousness. I'm feeling enormous energy around this show. Just enormous, enormous. Uh, I, I really have to hand it to you, Nicole. You've created sort of a niche of amazing, amazing connections. It's just like <laughs> the angels and the devatas that are like attracted to news for the soul is amazing. And we love News for the Soul! Hello. Next on News for the Soul, it's time for Your True Identity with Christine Scott, which was born psychic who enjoys helping others along their spiritual and healing path. Let's welcome Christine to News for the Soul. 